0: Welcome. I am a lay shin Buddhist who nevertheless maintains an interest in the broader realm of Pure Land and Mahayana Buddhist teachings. My YouTube channel is called Akala Akala, that is A-C-A-L-A, A-C-A-L-A. In these podcasts, I make a non-scholarly, humble, and sometimes bumbling attempt to explore a particular topic or question related to the wonderful Buddha Dharma. I hope you find them to be of interest. With that said, let us begin. In this podcast, I would encourage you to imagine that you are hearing a first person account from Shinran Shonen, the 13th century founder of Jodo Shinshu or Shin Buddhism. Let's imagine that he entitles this piece, I am Gutoku Shinran my childhood years in turbulent 12th century Japan. I was born on May 21, 1173, into the Hino family of the Fujiwara clan. My birthplace was in a tiny village near the city of Kyoto, which at that time was the capital of Japan. My father, Hino Arinori, was a minor official within the emperor's bureaucracy. My mother, Kikonyo was from a clan that became involved in a bloody rivalry when I was seven years old. During the time of my childhood, the warrior class was rising in power, while the status of the Fujiwara aristocracy was fading. Many in the Fujiwara clan were competing for a limited number of positions in the imperial court. This fierce competition, in combination with the fact that my grandfather had a rather scandalous reputation, made my chances of succeeding at government service very slim indeed. Even worse, my mother's family alliances brought us into danger of physical attack. There were also tornadoes and earthquakes at the time, which took many lives, both directly and through resulting starvation my years as a monk on Mount Hai In 1181, at age eight, I escaped the civil wars and famine of my era by becoming a Buddhist monk. My two younger brothers and I were taken to the Shoran Temple where we renounced and abandoned the secular world. My head was shaved by Jen, the leader of the Tendai denomination. After my ordination, I climbed Mount Hai to enter the protected environment of the monastic complex there. I spent my adolescence and young adulthood on that mountain, diligently studying Mahayana Buddha scriptures and chanting the name of Amida Buddha in accordance with the teachings of Genshin, I became increasingly frustrated over the years by my inability to control my human impulses and by my failure to attain spiritual enlightenment in spite of intense efforts toward that goal. I was also disappointed by the hypocritical worldliness of many of my fellow monks. My years of deepening faith with Master Honan after 20 years of study and practice, I descended Mount Hai in 1201. I then secluded myself in Rokakaku Temple for 100 days to fast and to pray for enlightenment in my future life. At the break of dawn on the 95th day, I had a vision of Kuan Yin Bodhisattva, Guanyin Yin pledged that if I should marry, she would serve and guide me in life and would personally lead me to Amida's pure land at the time of my death. This revelation inspired me to seek out a new teacher to give me guidance regarding my afterlife. Thankfully I found Master Honen at his retreat in Yoshimisu. The sixty-eight-year-old monk taught an easy way to the pure land. He preached salvation through faith in Amida, a faith which made no distinctions between a celibate clergy and the laity. Thus, at age twenty-eight, I abandoned the way of ascetic disciplines and began to follow the way of the causal vow. Over the course of my six years with Honan, I experienced a deepening trust in the power of Amida Buddha's primal vow. In twelve oh five I was honored to receive permission to copy the master's collection of selected passages on the causal vow, and to copy the master's portrait, Namu Amida Butsu. My Years in Exile and Marriage in Ichigo. Subsequent to a change in the government, Honan's Nambutsu teaching was discouraged by those in power, and was eventually prohibited by the imperial court in 1207. This was due largely to pressure from those in the established Buddhist sects, who felt threatened by the idea of equal access to enlightenment by all. Four of Honan's chief disciples were executed. I was among the six monks who suffered the humiliation of being defrocked and exiled to a distant province, which resulted in a loss of contact with my master, who was himself exiled to a faraway island. Another factor in me personally being exiled may have been my lineage. There were intense inter-family conflicts within the Fujiwara clan at the time of the religious persecution. Those newly in power probably associated me with the former clan chief Kujo Kanizen, Whose younger brother, Jean, was the politician monk who had ordained me at the outset of my religious career. At age 34, I was thus neither monk nor layman, but in the cold and snow of Ichigo, my place of exile, I worked to cultivate my master's attitude by viewing this turn of events as an opportunity to spread the Nembutsu teaching into the outlying areas of Japan. My karma led me to marry Ishini, who was an intelligent woman and a supportive wife. We had six children over the years. Honan and I were pardoned in 1211, but I never had a chance to see him again since he died just two months later. Ishini and I stayed in Ichigo for three more years after the pardons were granted. My Kanto years. Ishini's father, was a clan chieftain and a provincial landowner. Her family had a few acres of property in the largely unsettled Hitachi province in the Kanto region, an area to which many farmers were migrating at that time. This property was hard for them to manage long distance. Since Ashini's family knew of my intention to spread the Nembutsu teaching more widely, they suggested that we take care of their place in Hitachi. In 1214, Ashini and I and our children moved there. At about the time of this journey to the frontier province, when I was 41 years of age, I began to read the Triple Sutra a thousand times for the benefit of all sentient beings. Before completing that task, however, I reflected on what I was doing and came to realize that true repayment of the Buddha's blessing is to understand the teaching for yourself, and then to teach others to understand. It was during my Kanto years that I began to write, and to seriously propagate my master's message of hope. I highlighted the seven patriarchs in my shoshinge or Poem of True Faith in the Nembutsu. By 1224, at age 51, I had completed the first draft of my Kaihagayo A collection of passages revealing the true teaching, practice, and enlightenment of Pure Land Buddhism. I continued revising this work until my death. As far as my propagational efforts, I encouraged the development of small democratically run congregations which met monthly in homes of the members. It was at these meetings that I tried to convey the essence of the teaching that faith is a gift. Given directly by Amida, and not in any way an achievement to be attained. In 1231, at age 58, at the peak of my teaching career, there was an occasion on which I became very ill with fever. On the second day of my illness, I became delirious and found myself reciting the larger Sukhavati Sutra. On the fourth day of doing so, I said, I quit! I was reminded again of the futility of reliance upon contrived self-efforts. Though I thought I had come to understand this, yet the same type of thinking as it caused me to begin reciting the Triple Sutra seventeen years earlier must have remained in me. Such attachments as this are difficult to remove. I realized again how difficult it is to rid myself of self-centered faith. Soon after this realization, my fever broke, my Return to Kyoto I spent more than twenty years spreading the faith-oriented teaching of my master throughout the Kanto area. I then retired from my career of active propagational efforts to return to Kyoto. This was shortly after the time when the Nembutsu teaching was again officially prohibited, which occurred in 1235. My main motive in returning was to concentrate on getting the teachings into written form. It was also good to see my old friends and to visit the places which I frequented during my wonderful years with Honan. The Shini and the children came with me to Kyoto, but a few years later we agreed that she and the children would be better off back in Ichigo province where her family had land. This would also make it easier for her to help her family there. So I sadly bid them farewell. I then... Mainly stayed in the monks' quarters at the temple of my younger brother Jinnu, working on my various writings, including letters to the faithful. The dates of some of my works were as follows twelve forty eight verses on the pure land or jotowason twelve forty eight verses on the eminent monks or kosowasan twelve fifty notes on essentials of faith alone twelve fifty two a collection of passages on the Pure Land Way. 1255, notes on the inscriptions on sacred scrolls. 1255, notes of the short-haired ignorant one. 1256, a poem on the gates of entering and exiting. 1256, notes on the two types of the Buddha's merit transference. 1257, notes on the ones calling and many calling. And 1258, verses on the last age. Meanwhile, the network of small congregations that I had established in the Kanto area, which worked pretty well when I was there to personally supervise them, unfortunately started to break down about ten years after my return to Kyoto. This was due to the authoritarianism and greed of some of the group leaders. Some of these leaders also taught heretical beliefs in my absence, such as actively encouraging immoral behavior under the protection of Amida's vow. Yenbo, a faithful Nembutsu follower, was among those who made the difficult trip from that area to Kyoto to clarify key doctrinal questions directly with me, so that the implications of the true teaching could be better understood by those in the Kanto region. He later was to write the Tani Sho, a record of my words set down by him in lamentation over departures from the true teaching. In 1248, I asked my oldest son, Zenran, to provide leadership in rectifying the problems in Kanto. He established a following of his own, however, and spread a distorted teaching, which he falsely claimed that I had secretly given him. Therefore, in 1256, it was with great personal sorrow that I was forced to disown my son, Zenran. During my later years, I experienced much anguish and grief as a result of the problems noted above. At age 87, two years before my death, I reflected and realized, I do not know right from wrong, nor truth from error. With little compassion for others, I wish to be a teacher for the fame and honor to be gained. Such a man am I. On November 28, 1262, at age 89, after a period of illness during which I was taken care of by my good daughter Kakushini, I joined my master Honen in Amida's pure land of bliss. My son Masukata was also at my bedside, having come from Ichigo to represent my wife and children. So here I sit! On the seven jeweled lotus in the pure land, and reserve a seat for you. If there is one who enjoys the nembutsu, consider that there are two. If there are two, consider that there are three. And the third will be Shinran. Namo Mirabutsu, Namo Mirabutsu, Namo Mirabutsu. With that, I will sign off by reciting the Nembutsu, in gratitude for being embraced and accepted just as I am by Amida Buddha, never, never to be abandoned. Namo Amida Boots, Namo Amida Boots, Namo Amida Boots.